Welcome to Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online and self-paced courses for K-12 through grade students in all subject areas, math, science, history, English, foreign language, and electives. We also offer unique live online small group classes for special needs and struggling learners. Not sure how to get started or you've hit a slump with homeschooling? Our academic advising program will help you navigate a personalized learning plan for your students, along with curriculum suggestions and college and career advice. This fall, we are offering an orienteering course for high school students that will help each student understand the value of work, identify career clusters that are of interest to them, do a cost of living assessment, and understand who they are in areas of interest and giftings. You can find the link to this and other classes in our show notes. Today, I'd like to welcome a friend of mine, Cindy LaJoy, to the show. Cindy is the mom and wife in a very unique family. Her five kids, ranging in age from 16 years old to 21 years old, were all adopted from orphanages in Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. She has homeschooled her family for 11 years, and together they've overcome many obstacles. With a wide variety of special needs and giftedness among her kids, Cindy's had to be creative in her approach and homeschooled electrically, including a wide variety of traditional curricula, hands-on projects, self-directed learning opportunities, and more. With her husband of 33 years, Dominic, they're guiding their kids towards entrepreneurial careers with the development of a pizza and ice cream business, as well as one son heading towards becoming self-employed as a web developer. She's taught English to three of her children and accommodated numerous learning disabilities in order to help her children succeed. She's also the creator of Blue Collar Home School, a website and Facebook group providing resources and encouragement for families whose kids are heading into trades and other non-college fields. So today, as we continue our series on work ethic and the soft skill of hard work and work ethic, I'd like you to welcome Cindy LaJoy. Welcome to this week's edition of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This is Lisa Nearing, and I am here from True North Homeschool Academy. We are sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. And this month, we are talking about the soft skills of hard work. And I am super excited to have Cindy LaJoy with me as a special guest this week. Cindy is the owner of Blue Collar Homeschool Facebook Group, and she has an amazing blog where she shares about her family and their journey into homeschooling and hard work. I mean, they have some amazing, cool stories on our blog. I'll put links into the show notes. And I invited her here to talk about hard work because Cindy and her husband have adopted five kids from Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. And they have some particular challenges and abilities. And Cindy and her husband are just doing this amazing, incredible job of teaching their kids the skill of hard work that's going to supersede any abilities or disabilities they have. And so, Cindy, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I, I Do you mind just jumping in and telling us a little bit about your story um, of adoption and homeschooling? Sure. Um, so, as you said, my husband and I have five children. Um, all five are adopted from orphanages in Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. Believe it or not, and we didn't plan this, but four of the five are a year and four months apart. And wow. then we have our little caboose at the end, but he was actually our second one home. Mm-hmm. They came home at various ages. Um, two of them came home as infants at 11 months old. And three came home as older children. We have biological sisters who are um, now 20 and 21. Uh-huh. And then a son who came home, and they came home at um, 10 and almost 12. And then a son who came home at eight and a half and is now um, almost 21 himself. 
Wow. So yeah, so we had we had the five. They all joined us at different times, and um, they all came with their own set of, as you said, challenges. Um, we have unfortunately dealt with a wide array of the alphabet soup of disabilities, mm -hmm. um, but we tend to, although we own the disabilities 100% in the family, we tend to focus on what we can do rather than what we can't do, but also not dismissing what cannot be done because it's important to incorporate that. Mm -hmm. um, just yeah. as, a, as a quickie, we have between the five, we've had reactive attachment disorder, auditory processing disorder, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, slow processing speed in multiple ones. Three have fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, they That's the three that actually were adopted at older ages. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what else because there's there's so many that literally we just try to just work with what is rather than what isn't. Right. So you've had you've really taken a unique approach to homeschooling, and that's one of the things we're with the special needs program we run at True North Homeschool Academy. I talk to a lot of parents with kids who have unique disabilities and abilities. It, it amazes me how much work the parents put into intentionally finding resources that will help and aid their kids. It is beautiful. Just these moms are fearless in resourcing their kids. Oh. And you've probably done the same thing for the last, you know, 20 years. It's just finding stuff you didn't know existed or creating it yourself, right? Exactly. And interestingly, we started homeschooling because aside from the quote unquote special needs and disabilities, we also have two who are tested as gifted in the public school. And we started homeschooling due to my son, who was my first graduate, who's actually my middle of the kids. Okay. Um, he was my first one home, and um, he was really far ahead. And <laughs> by third grade, that was started being apparent. By fifth grade, it, it became obvious that he wasn't going to fit in the traditional school setting anymore if we were going to maximize what he had and have him stay engaged. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, well, let's give it a shot with one. Mm -hmm. um, thought we'd do it for a year until he hit middle school. And it was so obvious so quickly that homeschooling provided the opportunity to do things in ways that we sort of had dreamed of doing. Mm. And then we had all these special needs that sort of were compounded. And we thought, well, what the heck? <laughs> we can't get any. We, my, my son, who is uh, high, the highest special needs in the family, Kenny, he was 12 years old, came to us at eight and a half and still was not reading at a first grade level. And the public school had used 11 different pieces and parts of curriculum with him which is never going to work. It was piecemeal. And um, he was literally illiterate. And so we thought, honestly, we can't do worse than that. Yeah, so that sort of led us to giving the whole thing a shot and um, very quickly realized uh, the tremendous opportunity that homeschooling had to help us develop the unique gifts in each kid, mm -hmm. but also the soft skills that have been you know, tons of newspaper articles and magazine articles are talking about how soft skills are being ignored these days. Right. And they're the things that honestly help you succeed the most. Mm -hmm. It's why tech guys come across as kind of incompetent socially because soft skills aren't being taught. Right. It's not because they can't learn it, it's because there has been no expectation for them to have them. Mm -hmm. And it's not just tech guys, but I'm using that as an example. And so um, work ethic has been probably one of the strongest ones that we have tried to instill in our kids. And mm -hmm. homeschooling allowed for time for that as well. We had a business at our local airport, uh, a restaurant, little cafe, and um, it's super busy during ski season and the rest of the year it's kind of dead. But we started literally with our kids 
Um, Matt was four years old and he handed him a towel and said, go, go wash those shelves. And he went in a corner. And we gave per hour, a, a, a dollar per hour as they hit about, you know, six or seven dollar per hour. They would come in and they would clean up after customers at the tables. They would serve customers um, their food from the counter. Um, they would help us wash dishes. And as each kid joined the family, that was part of it. Mm. Um, they became known as the kids at church, um, Team LaJoy, who Aww. would do everybody's weeding and leaf raking and whatever, and ended up developing a lot of work, side work for things like that. We have always told them that hard work is going to get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Intellect will take you only so far because if you aren't willing to work hard, the intellect doesn't matter at all. Right. And I think that that's a message that's reversed from what our culture tells us. Mm-hmm. Our culture focuses, you know, solely on academic superiority, mm-hmm. on on intellect is somehow going to get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to work hard once you get hired, you don't. You can be the smartest guy in the room, and you're not going to stay employed. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we sort of reversed that and. With kids who are, um, we have a couple that are probably college material, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, three who really could not handle college level work. And we realized we really need to think differently. Mm. And so we decided that we were going to have kids. We have very intentionally sought, taught um, soft skills. I don't know if we did it as much from the beginning um, because of thinking in terms of future and career, but because when you have kids who are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 joining a family, they don't have soft skills. Mm-hmm. The fact that then that evolved into something we realized was super important to teach for a future career. I won't pretend that it started there. It started from having kids who had had been worked with as best as they could in a group orphanage environment from a very young age. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the manners that we would necessarily have hoped for. They didn't understand um, body language. They didn't know how to read a room. They didn't understand what would be appropriate in certain situations and what wouldn't. And so we um, grabbed a book that I will give you a link to is one of the tools we've used. Um, And we um, went through that book and it's soft skills for people with disabilities. And, um, and it definitely is, uh, I can't remember the exact title. I'll have to pull a link for you. But we worked through page by page with all of the kids, not just the ones who tended to have um, bigger challenges in that area. We, this is going to sound really crazy. One of the things that helped us best was getting the entire series of Little House on the Prairie and the Waltons. Really? And we went through every single one because it taught kids who were older, didn't know how a family functioned, how a family functions when it's healthy. Uh-huh. It also really reflected work ethic in a very strong way. Mm-hmm. Um, they, those were kind of critical little pieces. Um, my husband had, um, along with the restaurant at the airport, the whole rest of the year, eight months later, he worked as a mobile auto detailer and had an auto detail shop and a mobile unit. And from the time they were little, the kids would go and help him sometimes on different jobs and on weekends and 100 degree weather, and they'd get real money for real work and were able to understand immediately how much work goes into $1 being earned, how much work is done in circumstances that are not ideal, and yet it still has to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, another tactic that we used that we feel was really important was work was never a four-letter word in our family. Mm-hmm. And we didn't tell our kids, go do it. We did it alongside them. Mm-hmm. Anything that had to be done in, in, in terms of chores around the house, and we never used the word chores, but everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just okay. It's a work day. We're all going to get stuff done today. Mm-hmm. Um, we would put music on. 
we still do. We would never speak negatively about, oh my gosh, we got to do VR today. We, we made sure. And in part because we don't feel that way. It's just part of being an adult, right? Yeah, you know, right. It's part of, yeah, you know, <laughs> things have to get done. But we were kind of intentional in recognizing that our language around the world of work would impact our kids and how they felt about work. Mm-hmm. And we were not dictators around um, tasks that needed to be done. We were coworkers. Mm-hmm. And then we all started splitting off on, you know, mom can't really bend down on her knees and do reading anymore, mm-hmm. but I'll come and help in the ways that I can. And then you guys are getting bigger. You're, I'm so proud of you. You're getting strong mm-hmm. at these jobs. Yeah. And we have really never once had the issues that people have had sometimes with kids not wanting to do work around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I just came back from being gone two and a half weeks with my mom who passed away and my um, son who needed surgery. And literally everything that normally gets done in the house was done. I came home to a clean house. Laundry was done. Um, a, a big project out in the yard was started. None of this needed my husband to say do it. Mm. Um, I'm That's a really beautiful grateful. thing. Wow. It is. <laughs> and, and I'm so grateful for the work we put in when they were younger that today all of us are benefiting they are too they Mm -hmm. live in a house that's well kept they live um not dreading things that other people dread doing it's just something that has to get done and there's no negative connotation to to the word work it's opportunity Mm -hmm. and it's something that has to get done so that everybody feels better about the environment they live in or that that they can stand back and look at a job that they did well done Mm -hmm. um we are as um, you're aware um our three of our kids are involved in starting a business a pizza and restaurant a pizza and ice cream restaurant and it's called buckaroos slices and scoops um it's going to be for our three who struggle the most and we will be hiring people with disabilities um it is inside we own a liquor store and it's a space inside the liquor store that has needed to be <laughs> incredibly renovated um they've done everything from jackhammering to hauling cement to putting up walls to painting to laying the floor they've done all of the physical work without complaint working until 12 o'clock at night sometimes i'm not joking about that mm-hmm. um we we just work together we work together as a family mm-hmm. i think that parents sometimes forget the impact of being alongside your kid mm-hmm. and when they're and and not correcting every little thing that they do when they're young and learning a task mm-hmm. celebrating what they have done offering how it might be able to be done better but not going behind them and if it doesn't if that bed doesn't look made as well as you'd like it when they're four well be quiet (laughs) if a dish needs to be rewashed afterwards be quiet rewash it thank them for the work that they did tell them what a great job that they did and how you appreciate it Mm -hmm. when we're critical of work that kids do when they're young it gives them um, a sense of never being able to satisfy anyone including themselves And they need to look at the work they do and have pride in it. And none of us do work the first time perfectly. Mm-hmm. And and also none of us really want to do icky jobs by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, doing it together changes the whole feel of what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Your family is so entrepreneurial. I mean, you you've listed about four jobs so far. And you're teaching your kids who, I think the world, it's hard to have special needs kids. The world looks at your kids like maybe they don't, they're not up to speed or whatever. You're not even acknowledging that, like you're not ignoring it, but you're just saying, okay, what can we do? And you're going in this, you know, 
you're going in an entrepreneurial way to provide for your kids so that they can provide for themselves and provide for other people in the in 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 that whole spectrum too. I mean, it's just really kind of a cool way to approach it. And so you're just well, out of the box. It's amazing. Yeah, we we decided we really were going to have to be out of the box because otherwise, uh, my ki- my kids struggle to the degree that they may not hold a job at all, mm. even the lowest level. But if their environment is adapted for them mm. um, and supports are in place for um, supporting things that they won't remember, and if they work in an environment that understands, yes, even third year, they're going to have to be reminded, how do I do this again? Mm-hmm. On some days and other days are going to do really well with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing that could cause you to lose a job because no boss is going to want to go behind and reteach you after they've taught you four times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mine will have to be reminded the rest of their lives. And so we realize, boy, employment is not going to work in mm-hmm. a standard traditional way. And it caused us to think outside the box, but also our family cannot afford college. Mm-hmm. It took us an enormous amount of financial resources to get our kids home. Um, and there, there is no college fund. Mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of the truth is we laugh. We got you here. Now you got to take advantage of the American <laughs> dream and figure it out. Because no matter what, you're still better off than your little one with a family that loves you and supports you and the opportunities that exist. But um, even for my two that have college, I have a son, um, the, the one that graduated. His name is Matt. Um, Matt has is starting his third year with what we're kind of calling uncollege. Mm. Um, he is doing um, he is pursuing the equivalent of a bachelor's degree in um, uh, computer science, but he's doing so using a, a path laid out on a website called GitHub that mm. is the free classes from MIT and Stanford and everything that are online. Mm-hmm. And he will take in every class for a computer science degree and then wants to run his own business. Wow, um, he's, he's working on year three of that. Um, he has his pilot's license that he got through hard work through civil air control. Wow. Um, and he's um, taken a lot of leadership courses and he's now going to um, commit to trying to get enrolled in a um, leadership year that our city offers mm-hmm. to try and develop leadership talent within the community. And usually it's older people who are, who are involved in that. But Matt is applying to try and get in that um, because hard work is what gets you ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things we did with school that helped so much was we sort of made school their business. Mm. And I didn't think about that until this conversation. Um, one of the best things I did was about a year or two after we started homeschooling and we had enough English, <laughs> um, I made a list and I said, here's your grammar lessons. And here's, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I didn't give them the number of pages to do. Here's the things that can be sort of self-directed learning. Here's some of the computer things you're doing. We did an awful lot that was together, but then here's how much work I want in the other areas. And I said, I don't care when you get it done, but by Friday night, all of it needs to be done. I don't care how much, but you need to do the minimum of, you know, a couple pages of vocabulary, a couple pages of spelling, you know, when we were in that, in that um, phase. Interestingly, so what I found out was that if I didn't put a limit on there, they always did more. Wow. That's because because we te- if, if you tell someone and set the bar about two feet up, they're going to try and hit the bar at two, and they've done what you've asked. But if you leave it wide open, you know, they're going to do far more. Mm-hmm. Because kids are just like adults. We don't want to be dictated to. We mm-hmm. want to feel like we have some autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that led to them developing a really great work ethic around their school. And I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. That was not intentional, uh-huh. but they felt like they had some say in what they did every day. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you have to be doing this this afternoon at three o'clock. It was every afternoon we're done at about one thirty. the other work that needs to get done. I don't care when and how, as long as it's done. Mm-hmm. And I never once had the work not done. And it was almost always more. Mm-hmm. And that taught me a really big lesson. They set the bar high mm-hmm. and give the kids the chance to live into whatever they want to live into. And very often they'll surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is awesome. I love how you said you made, you made school their business. And in many ways, the, the manner of just letting them take ownership for their school you're really, you were really teaching them resiliency in many ways, like, you, you know, and, and that work ethic just by having the ability to set their own schedule. That's great. Yeah. I, you know, it gives them control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always talking to parents about like, teach your kids how to schedule. You don't have to, yes. you don't have to schedule for them. Just teach them how to do it. Because I agree with you, Cindy, most kids really want to do their stuff but they're not really sure how to manage just that simple task of scheduling. And if we can equip them with that, they can really go to town. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you start when they're young, I mean, my youngest was second grade Mm -hmm. and he had full control over, you need to have, I'm going to use this as an example. It wasn't that, but we actually homeschooled like work. We schooled until five Mm o'clock. We were at the table dressed, ready to go at eight 30. And we finished at five unless they had more work they wanted to do. And very often they did. Mm. That wasn't me. Um, mm. If you're done with your schoolwork, let's read a book together. Let's, mm. but it was really, um, and we spoke about it. This is our job and it wasn't their job. It was our job. It was my job too. Our job is get up, get to the table, get ready because the world's not going to let you go to school in your pajamas. I know that's a thing with homeschoolers. We had those days once in a while. Sure. But um, it was a signal to me that I was, I was going to work. Mm-hmm. And it was a signal to them, you're going to work. Now we're going to take this seriously. Um, and so we were up at the table at 8.30 pretty much every day, unless some, you know, experience got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always been that way. And and here's here's what we've got laid out for this semester. Tell mm-hmm. me how we're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Often I would tell them, tell me how you want to do this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do, um, we've done block learning at various mm-hmm. times throughout with certain subjects, because sometimes they hit subjects that they said it's easier for us to hold on to it if we just do it all like in a three or four week period. Great. Okay, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But that gave them a chance to sort of dictate what their learning looked like and what worked best for them too. Mm -hmm. Um, We we sit down and we have a morning meeting pretty Mm -hmm. much every morning. And we go over, because we have memory issues in my family big time, what is it that's on the agenda today? Oh yeah, okay, now I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Also sort of what's expected. Um, where the flexibility can be. I throw out hints for where the flexibility can be to help steer them in thinking, but not telling them what they need to do. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much been from the beginning. Here's mm-hmm. your due date. If I were you, I might think about mm-hmm. working on it for the next three days. But if you want to do it at the last minute, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give them suggestions for how they can approach their work mm-hmm. um, and then let them have the control. And if they're up till midnight getting it done, they, they still live into the deadline. And, you know, we adults do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't need to micromanage things. Um, I try to as little as possible. Sometimes with the disabilities we work with, I do have to do a little more of that, but it's sort of not my natural mm-hmm. way of being. And my kids have looked at their school as their work. 
mm-hmm. and they have carried that over into what is turning into their their real work life. My um, my son who um, graduated Matt, he came to me um, before his first year. We had kind of talked about what he might do, and he came to me with an entire list of courses he wanted to take, what he wanted his workday to look like. He threw in um, he wanted courses and uh, courses in arts and culture. Mm. Um, he basically set up an entire couple of years of school mm-hmm. and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do this semester. That's what I'm going to do next semester. And he, he did the entire process. And I made a set, couple of suggestions and he thought about it and, you know, made a couple of changes. But um, we were at the point that that sort of just sort of happened automatically. And he didn't have a counselor to do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. have a college to go to. He yeah. knew that sort of if this is the path I want, I have to own the whole thing myself. And and he did, and still continues to, and that keeps trickling down sort of to the best of their ability. Disabilities do get in the way. But within that, I try to create a framework so that they can work within that and be self-directed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of our kids, that's that's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. But they can if I provide sort of the, the, the frame for them to work within and mm-hmm. break tasks down into smaller pieces and then they can do it. But um, we really realized our kids were not going to make it unless they were self-employed, and um, that would maybe be the only way they could come up with enough income. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, they weren't going to be able to hold jobs that would make more money. Um, we don't know if we'd be successful with this path, but interestingly, I'm taking some classes now on job coaching myself, and the new way for kids with special needs is for parents to look at self-employment. Oh, very cool. It's, it's, it, there are some courses that are being offered to teach that. There's a, a new book out that I got that I'm going to read about because um, kids who don't fit in a, in a traditional model job still have skills and gifts. They may need breaks at different times. They may need different prompts on their job. They may need to pay somebody to do other things. Mm-hmm. But every entrepreneur does. Most of us have accountants. Right. Most of us, a lot of us hire people to do marketing. Mm-hmm. We hire out. And so somebody with a disability can easily hire somebody to do the things they don't do if they come up with a great business idea. Right. And often that allows them the flexibility to have the bad day, to go to therapies, to deal with, my brain's not working today. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to not do this today and not lose a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I, you know, I don't know whether we're on the cusp of thinking really radically differently these days. Um, I'm hoping so. And I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs know that if one job doesn't work out, try another one. I mean, <laughs> a lot of us have more than one job going on. So it's not Absolutely. like you have one shot at it. Cindy, do you have specific resources or books that you would recommend for parents with either adoption or special needs? I mean, you have a lot of expertise in, in different little areas, niche areas. I just wondered if anything off the top of your head would come to mind for people who have maybe just gotten a diagnosis or have adopted some kids with with different diagnoses that really were meaningful or important to you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, there are so many things that I've come across. Most of it was really a trial and error with mainstream curricula that we used. Okay. Um, there is um, a website, uh, Weezer Educational, I can't remember the exact title of their website, but um, it's been referred to in our group several times. They carry a plethora of products for kids with special needs, okay. Partic- particularly at the middle and high school level. They um, they are not the creator of the content. They pull it from various special needs um, publishers, 
And then for that, and they give a lot of sample pages online, which is also really critical to a parent of which things that work. Mm -hmm. um, for special needs curricula, you need to look at it and say, yeah, that fits where my kid is, or no, it doesn't. You can't just buy it and hope it works. Yeah. Um, they pull together um, many, many resources from people that I started buying from individually <laughs> and oh. then found these guys had it all. There are, they have high school textbooks with high school content written at a third to fourth grade level. Okay. But with the, the subjects that are covered, um, they have two lines. One is AGS, one is Pacemaker. Those are terrific. Mm -hmm. um, they have a, a wide variety of math curricula offered. Um, there's another company called Remedia Publishing, and they have some great stuff. I won't pretend that any of this is inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can find things less expensively on Amazon by finding it there and then purchasing it used. But because fewer of these products are used, there are fewer out there mm -hmm. available, but I have been able to find some. Okay. However, they're really good. Mm -hmm. There are even um, products there for non-readers to teach things about um, um, real-world skills. If you have a child who's really highly disabled and unable to read very, very well, um, a lot of uh, pictorial sort of curricula. Um, real world curricula so we just used one um, and i think it was called real world math don't quote me on that it's in mm -hmm. a binder um and it gave everything from math that's used in not not like easy cooking but like a little more advanced some of these are really simple this was sort of definitely a, a, a more applicable to a child with a little higher iq mm -hmm. without trying to sound like you know like we're dumbing things down um bus schedules um airplane schedules, mm. basic things about banking and stuff like that, um, and real life scenarios. And it was, it was really good. Awesome. Okay. I can, I can provide you with links to several of these things. Okay. Later, um, great. That you can share with your listeners. Um, there are great curricula out there. One of the things that we used, which was really terrific, especially if you're adopting a child, say from, uh, from an orphanage environment, which many people do, um, we used reading A to Z. Um, it's a website. You pay a um, annual fee, and I don't know if they break it down monthly. But what it, it it's reader it, it's printable readers at various levels, and often you'll find that a particular a child adopted at an older age moves through things more quickly. Mm -hmm. They have the capacity to sit still for longer and get through you know material. But what I liked about it is it covered tons of things that were not covered for a child who lived in an orphanage. A lot of community helper stuff. A lot of um, things about family relationships like my daughters we even had to teach what's an aunt and an uncle and a cousin and they were 11 and 12. Um, there were a lot of those things that were covered that um, were covered at a basic level that then we could know not only reteaching reading but we're also teaching things that they sort of never learned at a younger age that they should have known. Mm -hmm. So the ability to pick from the content they have there um, a lot of basic foundational stuff that's preschool level but is, that isn't, isn't talking down to the child. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked about that. Um, and a lot of stuff we tried and, you know, resold it. Didn't work. Yeah. Um, a lot of trial and error trying to find something that worked. We really struggled to find appropriate science curricula. That is still a, a, a place where it's a little tougher to find stuff that's um, more hands-on at the high school level, but isn't at um, a, a standard level lab, which is too much. Yeah. Um, and, and the content for a traditional high school science course is fairly high. Mm -hmm. And if you have a, a lower level learner, you need more of the hands-on stuff. And that that's an area that I think that, you know, could be enhanced in mm -hmm. terms of off, but there are some out there.
Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we, I, one of the biggest things I did is I didn't hesitate if I saw it wasn't working. I wasn't committed to the money. Mm-hmm. I had to say, find the next thing. And my husband was wonderful about that because he got that they weren't going to fit traditionally in a lot of stuff. And it was going to take a lot of trial and error and it took some money to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't easily homeschool special needs kids who are a bit of an enigma with the traditional mindset. If I bought it, oh, we'll just work our way through it for the year mm-hmm. because you you don't have the time to lose. Right. And, and it's better to lose the money than the time with some kids. And the frustration level for both mom and student. I mean, let's face oh, it. I mean, yeah. sometimes money is is worth losing over your frustration. You know, well, it is. When, yeah. when you know it's not working and your kid knows it not, it's not working, it, you're beating your, your head against a wall. And that creates a dynamic you don't want in your, your homeschool environment. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Right. Especially if you both know it, you just don't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Move on, you know, move on quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, special needs homeschooling is, is tough. Yeah. There, there are few resources out there. Um, and um, the variety of needs is so wide. Mm-hmm. And often the ability of people to narrow down what the real issues are and challenges are, because sometimes kids have multiple disabilities, mm-hmm. one stacks on top of the other, pulling that apart and then trying to find the material that works really well for maybe three or four different types of disabilities all rolled up into the ball of one child is, um, it's a science, man, and a yeah. Yeah. It, and it's hard sometimes too, you know, just the, the special needs world is really changing too. There's so many more resources this year than there were four years ago or five years yeah. ago, certainly 10 or 15 years ago. And so the special needs um, homeschool world and market is really burgeoning. I'm really glad to see it. There's just so many more resources available, but it's getting, getting people connected with those resources and helping them find it. So I, I appreciate the names that you've shared with us and any other ones that you come up with, we'll make sure to get them in the show notes. But Cindy, I just, I really appreciate your time and the love that you've devoted to your family is just really inspirational. I'm going to link um, uh, places for our listeners to find you at Blue Collar Homeschooling and your blog, okay. which is lovely. You have, you're a really, just an inspiring writer with some really great encouragement on, on your blog and um, some of the resources that you've listed. So all the best you guys as you do the the pizza and ice cream parlor. Um, <laughs> We're gonna is, need it. <laughs> yeah, but how how awesome is that? I love it. And and if you want to follow the story, you need to get on her on her Facebook group and on her blog so you can follow along. Well, Cindy, thanks so much for your time, and um, I, I'm excited to share all that you have with our viewers and our listeners. So thanks. Cindy. Thank you so much, Lisa. And if anybody went with the show notes, I'll put in my email address. I usually talk to multiple people a week who are struggling with kids that they can't figure out. Mm-hmm. I am more than happy to talk to anybody and see if I can, you know, maybe I know something they haven't heard of or oh, yeah. you know, I've experienced it myself. So anybody can feel free to reach out to me personally at any time. And I'd be more than happy to help if there's something I can do to help. Cindy, that is so generous. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.